Hello there, Canada and the rest of the world, and welcome once again to the Netflix Podcast, the show where we review the movies available to stream on Netflix in Canada. I'm your host, Dylan Clark-Moore, and today we're going to be talking about Sandstorm. Before we get into things, I want to issue a few warnings about this episode. First and foremost, we are going to be talking about pretty much the entirety of the plot of this thing, so if you're worried about spoilers, just go to Netflix, watch the movie first. And you got nothing to complain about. And we do keep an explicit tag on this show in case of language that may not be suitable for all listeners. With that out of the way, let's get into things. I'd like to welcome a very special guest to the podcast. Let's give a nice warm welcome to Moira Gazelle. Hi, guys. It's me. It is you. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me on the show, Dylan. Oh, I'm very excited to finally do this. We've been yes. talking about it for, we have been. I think, a while. I've been putting it off as long as possible. Mm-hmm. Okay. I faked a pregnancy, okay, to miss this last <laughs> <time>. <laughs> No, we good. I'm actually really excited about it. So how about you uh, break the ice for us a little bit and tell me if there's anything cool you've been watching on Netflix recently. All right, all right. Okay, well, I wouldn't call it cool, but I am obsessed with Bob's Burgers. Tina is the love of my life. I've already seen all the seasons and I've just been rewatching it kind of the same way that I do The Office. It's been a lot of fun. Well, the movie that we are here to talk about this episode is from the year 2016 from director Elite Zexer. We're going to be talking about a little movie called Sandstorm. If you haven't watched it, let's check out the Netflix descriptions to uh, see how they describe it. There are two different options. The first one is, The demands of tradition bind them. For this mother and daughter, even little rebellions have meaning and risk. And the other one says, when a Bedouin patriarch takes a second bride, his first wife chafes against her changing status while her daughter chases her own dreams of autonomy. I'd say those are both mm-hmm. not doing a bad job. No, of... except that's a really weird way to use chafe. chafe. <laughs> <laughs> just picturing this poor sweaty woman rubbing up against herself. In the fucking desert. Just, just covering like... herself in talcum powder. <laughs> when will the chafing stop? The chub rub is real. And Netflix describes the movie as both dark and emotional. Those are very good words. Yeah. Very I mean, accurate. like, dark usually, I would expect it to be more, like, gritty and violent, describing yeah. it as dark, but we're this looking is emotionally at, dark. Yeah. We're looking at some less than pleasant aspects of day-to-day life. In the Bedouin Middle East. Yes. In yes. Israel? Yeah, southern yes. Israel, which I was, like, I was surprised by because I was not expecting it to be, to take place in southern Israel. Because to me, I don't know, I just thought, like, the Bedouins, I just assumed... Like a dighead. Well, they're... And I'm Arab. All, <laughs> so, they're all over the map. So I can... Yeah, well, technically, because they walk around all the time. But honestly, like, when I heard them speak Arabic, it was so far removed from the Arabic I'm used to understanding that I could barely understand the Arabic that they were using. So that was interesting. That was weird. So to put you on the spot, why did you pick this movie? Can you kind of take me through that? Sure. So I thought, what could I potentially bring to the table on Dylan's podcast... And it was either my mental health problems or the, <laughs> the fact that I'm Arab. And 
I just thought, you know what? Let me choose a Middle Eastern movie that'll take like that'll have like a real. I'll have a really good perspective on it. Right, and we um, we found the Netflix category for Middle Eastern yeah. movies, and yeah, and there was actually I was surprised there was a category to be honest. Um, I kind of just it was like a shot in the dark, and then we checked it out, and it actually had um a few good movies, and Sandsword was like one of the first ones, and it was like it had one of the highest ratings. So what was kind of interesting was because I we had had that conversation going in. And uh, so I was just like, okay, well, great. Like, I'm going to, this is going to be like a learning opportunity for me to have these conversations about like maybe a culture that I'm not necessarily familiar with. And the first thing that like, cause you texted me while you were watching the movie and you were like, Dylan, what's going on with these mustaches at this wedding? And I was like, I was hoping you were going to tell me this is awful. <laughs> yeah. So um, I should have read the bio of the movie before I watched it. I am very not well versed in Bedouin culture of Southern Israel. <laughs> so when I saw those mustaches pop up, I was like, what in the world is happening? We Googled it. And so Bedouin culture is super like separated between men and women. And so the men are not allowed to join the celebration and the women have to celebrate on their own. And so they kind of have to put on these like garbs and like their mustaches to pretend they're males to celebrate this like wedding. So that was interesting to find out. I had no idea. Right. And I guess for me to just like talk shit about myself for a second before we really get into it. I love that. I think one of the really great things about doing this kind of movie for me, because you were like, okay, I want to talk about a Middle Eastern movie. And I was like, great, I'm going to watch a Middle Eastern movie. And then I was watching it. And I was like, oh, is this what the Middle East is like? And then I was like, no, don't. Like, that's <laughs> not how this works. But I mean, like that is... For something that you don't spend any time in, it's so easy to just lump things yes. into this bigger group that you yes. always hear it talked about. And I'm like, no, I'm not watching a movie about the Middle East. Yeah. I'm watching a movie about a particular culture yep. as this director has chosen to tell this mm -hmm. story in this one part of Israel. Like, it, it is an isolated thing. Yeah. And it, it, it was just good for me to get that refresher to not just be like, well, this speaks for all <laughs> Arab culture. But like, honestly, that's totally fair because I had like the reverse. So I went into this movie not knowing it was like the Bedouin culture of Southern Israel. And I just assumed, hey, I'm going to know all the references. I'm going to know all the cultural like quirks and I'm going to understand this. And I'm going to be able to like, you know, I've experienced this because I grew up in the Middle East. I grew up in Bahrain for nine years. I grew up in Lebanon for four years, five years. And then that's when I moved to Canada when I was 15. So I had like the opposite experience. Like I went into this thinking like, I'm going to know everything about this. It's fine. Right. <laughs> I knew nothing. <laughs> so like, it's totally fair for you to assume like, you know what, like to, to just like think that this is what the Middle East is. And I had the opposite kind of mentality, but the similar kind of vein of, painting everything with the same brush so don't feel too bad so the idea behind this movie is that there is this family headed by a man named Suleiman yes uh his first wife Jalila mm -hmm. they have a whole mess of kids together like five kids together including their teenage daughter Layla mm -hmm. and as we start the movie we're getting ready to watch uh Suleiman's marriage to a second wife which seems like socially acceptable and everybody's like totally chill with it mm -hmm. except based on how Jalila is feeling about it she's not so happy she's not too keen on it and basically the movie takes us through watching how Suleiman and Jalila's relationship how how that goes in dealing mm -hmm. with this second marriage how Jalila and Layla's relationship progresses as mother and daughter and then daughter and father just all the dynamics within this family and how they kind of speak to patriarchal cult mm -hmm. culture in general and what that means and what that looks like in practice and 
kind of the the lies that we tell ourselves about why it's okay. Yep. What that means is that you literally have no say in your future as a woman. Right. <laughs> Which sucks. It sucks greatly. It was so nice to see Layla have this like glimmer of like hope and desire to do better with her life. And I'm not saying that her mom's life wasn't good, but she wanted more. She wanted more than what her mom had. And she wanted to do greater things, I guess. She wanted an education. She wanted to go right. and marry this guy that she loved. Right. So we see Layla. She's uh, off at some kind of school. It looks like a post-secondary sort of situation, yeah. maybe. Really big, nice campus. Uh, you get the impression that that's not something that everybody gets to do mm-hmm. uh, in that community. They don't all get shipped off to go to this fancy school. Uh, Jalila, for instance, thinks it's totally chill to just be like, no, Layla, you're not going to school today. I need help with laundry. And yeah, as you said, uh, Layla has met a boy and she's really like trying to explore like who she is as a person. Like you would mm. expect from like like a typical American teenage yep. movie, like a Ladybird sort of thing, I guess. Or I haven't seen Ladybird. I shouldn't be making that reference. That's not responsible of me. But yeah, so that seems to be like the path that she's on. But her journey brings her back ultimately into the community and she ultimately chooses to let go of all that autonomy for the yes. sake of her family being with her family yep. i guess like there's a sort of naivety to being her age obviously just naturally and you know wanting to to spread her wings i guess figuratively and like marry this guy and be happy with him but she doesn't realize the repercussions that she would have if she ran away with this dude like she would literally be ditching her culture, her family. She'd be shunned. Like, it just would not be a good thing. She'd leave her siblings. So it's like, it's a huge burden on a, well, how old was she? Like 15-year-old girl? Like 16-year-old? I don't even know. But it's a huge burden on anyone. And so like weighing that against, you know, your supposed happiness or like what you think will make you happy, you're obviously going to choose your family. It's what you know, it's what you're familiar with, you're going to stay. I just got to thinking about like how, like why she was in school in the first place. Like typically for, you know, yourself or myself, we went to school in order to develop skills, in order to do something else. And I think that's how she was approaching it. You know, that that was what she was doing. She's like, I'm going to school and that's going to prepare me for the rest of my life. As opposed to, I think like culturally and maybe what her father was doing was like, okay, fine, you can go off to school and that's your vacation that's your yeah that's your okay now you got to like live and be independent isn't that yes. neat before you come back yes almost like uh what's the it's the amish thing oh like um rumspringa um so not to say that i necessarily have like a thorough understanding of amish culture but like the, the whole idea that it's like you go off and you spend some time away in order to see okay well that's that's what else is out there and obviously you're gonna come back and choose your family yeah. and choose to to live where you are and she tries, like she really, she tries to make those two worlds come together, right? Like she tries to introduce her boyfriend to her dad and yeah. have him like a compelling argument about why they should be together and, you know, go through the proper channels of like, I'm going to meet your father yeah. and all that. And then we literally never see that dude again. Yeah. <laughs> like he is gone, gone forever from the movie after and that. That broke my heart because like she trusted her dad to be this like, bigger person because her dad allowed her to go to school her dad allowed her to do things that wasn't that weren't just laundry and like he allowed her to have some form of freedom so she probably thought hey 
my dad won't be so against me falling in love with this guy maybe right because he's different he's not like the other dad he's a cool dad right you my dad's I mean? super woke <laughs> he's super woke well yeah and i mean like we're definitely supposed to see the dad that yeah. way because the very first shot of the movie is he's letting her drive yes and i know it's like exactly. the, the huge thing in was it saudi arabia yeah. right now that they've only just recently allowed women to start driving and you definitely got the impression like i don't know again culturally like mm-hmm. what's permitted and what's not but like they switch seats right before they drive back into town because Layla is not supposed to be driving. And that's what was so fascinating for me about watching culturally like this whole like patriarchy play out is that behind closed doors, there seems to be all these like signals of, if not necessarily uh, like equality, but like respect and mm-hmm. love and i mean like the before you even messaged me about the mustache thing you're like i love that this guy seems to love his daughter yes because he is he's, he's got these like doting eyes that he looks at her yeah. with and everything but it's all that's all the stuff that happens behind closed doors yeah you know that's when he's telling her that yeah go ahead go to school have fun and do all this stuff and even with when he's talking to his first wife when uh, Jalila walks up to him and i think he's just come back from his honeymoon yep. with his second wife and, uh, and she's cleaning and like well yeah but she's taking a break from cleaning she just goes and like talks to him and like grabs a cigarette and kind of makes a joke about yeah. how it's not proper that she's smoking but she's like but you know me you know the real Jalila you know I love a cigarette yeah. every now and then and because again it's behind closed doors it's totally fine for her to express herself and to do things that wouldn't be proper in the real world because that's where they can actually interact yeah. genuinely but then as soon as anything bleeds outside of that, like a boyfriend shows up or your wife stands up to you to the point that you have to change a social agreement that you've made regarding selling your daughter off yep. to some random asshole, yep. um, that's when shit hits the fan. And when when he has to like publicly do something non-patriarchal, that's when like everything blows up. And that's the thing that I find all not, okay, I'm not going to generalize and say all, but the Middle Eastern culture that I come from, so like the Lebanese culture, and this one, what they have in common is that when things are can be seen, like when things bleed out into the public, that's when there's an issue. Like, you have to pretend that your family is great. You have to pretend that your family is high class. You have to pretend that your family has is mentally stable and great. Like, you have to pretend all these things. You have to... People like max their credit cards out just to have like the newest purses and the newest cars but really they're fucking broke as shit like it's just about what the outside sees right it's that like perception from the outside that's important and not really like and all your dirty laundry can stay inside and that's what's important which is i guess a good thing because you don't want to fucking just air everything out but also it's like very fake it's not real it's not genuine there's no real communication and like when i first started watching this movie I was so stoked about this dad. I was so stoked about him. I was like, wow, this guy, like, he really wants to teach his daughter how to drive. Like, he doesn't give a shit that she's a female. Like, he he loves her. He wants her to learn. He wants her to grow. Put her in school. But I, and like, maybe he's not really that bad of a guy. Like, this sounds stupid. But maybe he's doing the best he can with what he's also given. Like, maybe he does want his daughter to do these things, but he knows that, like, culturally speaking, that's not okay. She can't do these things. Like, he wants her still to learn how to drive. He wants her still to go to school, but he can't give her that full autonomy because that's not what he grew up with. Right. 
And it seems like the best, at the very least, the best that he thinks that he can offer yes. her is, well, at least you got to experience these things that, like, your mother didn't. Exactly. And that everybody else didn't. So, yeah. like, I'm trying my best is how he feels. But what was, I guess, in terms of, like, their relationship, what I, what I felt like Layla's kind of growing up eventually was, like, what we see her do through the movie was we see her go from, like, this doe-eyed daughter who, like, mm-hmm. sees her dad as this guy who can do no wrong yep. to as soon as he kicks the boyfriend out and she never sees him again, then she... That's when she learns that her father is a person and she, like, sees her father as the man that her mother knows him to be. That's the closest thing to autonomy that she gets is realizing that she doesn't have any. Yeah. <laughs> so sad. It's true. Like, that that moment was really, really sad. It was very heartbreaking. And she takes it out on her mom. She, she just takes, throws the fucking laundry know, on the ground. That's... Oh. But, like, teenage angst, right? Like, you're going to always take it out on the woman that's not, like, her dad. You don't know, like, he could be volatile. He could be aggressive. He could be violent. Your sure. mom, like... You know what, though? Your mom could probably be <laughs> as aggressive, if not more, <laughs> than the dude. Right. <laughs> Well, she's, she has had her entire life of feeling like, well, dad's the nice one. Yes. Dad's the one who's looking after me. You're the mean bully who makes me do the laundry and everything. Yes. And that was such a really cool turn for Jalila as well, because we see her be stone-faced through like the first half of the movie, like literally stone-faced. She's not trying to present that. She's just trying to contain all the emotion that she has, like watching her husband mm-hmm. marry another woman having to decorate for that wedding, having to literally build the bed your husband is going to bone his new wife in and having to act like that's all totally fine. And then you find out that your daughter is like texting some boy and it's just thing after thing after thing. And she maintains this composure as best as she can. The first time that we see her emote really is when she realizes that there's some kind of either like physical or psychic danger to this boy being in her house and asking for like Layla's hand in marriage or whatever it mm-hmm. was like knowing that the reality of their culture was about to smash down on her daughter's yep. head because of her not understanding that yep. no this isn't how this all works you know she's panicking she's like dragging everybody around through the laundry she's just like so active and just trying to protect her daughter you could see the love on her face exactly like she was like she was like trust me you don't want to introduce him to your dad exactly and there was fear about what was gonna happen and she wasn't wrong that fucking ending i could not we'll get there but the ending was terrible (laughs) (laughs) so you have expressed more sympathy for suleiman than i maybe would have expected I think just like you're looking at like big picture culture, like he's yeah. not going to break the world Yes. for the sake of his daughter marrying some dude. Like yes. He's not ready to do that. But we also see uh, in his relationship with Jalila, she kind of calls him out on it sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, I realize that you're doing some things and you're like letting your daughter drive and everything. But when she says like, for once in your life, be a man yep. and find find our daughter like a good husband for once in your life be a man like she's pushing back right she's saying like no no you can do better i mean she's not literally saying it but like at the end of the day yeah you can acknowledge that we live in a culture that benefits men over women and you can try to you know make things better for the women in your life but at the end of the day you still benefit more like you still get to like sleep with two different women yeah. you're building a second bed with all this like extravagant 
stuff. Yeah, he built her a nicer house than his first wife. Yeah, and he's acting like he's the victim in this situation. Like, it's just, you yes. know, me banishing you is just another thing that I have to do. Mm-hmm. And she's like, yeah, have to do, have to do. Yeah. Everything's fucking have to do with you. Yeah. So Jalila was trying to get him to marry her after a better man, the guy that he had set her up with. That's the best she can do, too. They're so confined within their society and their culture and their norms that they're both, I think, doing the best they can with what they have. And I'm not making excuses for the the dad or Suleiman or I'm not. It's just like I try to look at it from his perspective and like this is all he knows and this is this is literally what he grew up in. Right. And so for him, like I think he, I honestly think he was. He thought he was doing the best for his daughter, which unfortunately he was not. Like, that's a terrible life to to, to marry your daughter off to some overweight, lazy ass and, like, think that that's, like, the best that your smart daughter can do. But I just, I, yeah. Like, it's gross. It's gross. Like, I do not yeah. wish this upon anyone. But I honestly <laughs> think that they, like, both were trying to do the best for they had, what they had. And, like, Jalila, like, she couldn't, I'm sure if she could have, like, kidnapped her daughter and like shipped her off somewhere and like protected her she would well she tried to yeah she gave her the keys to the car and said literally drive away from this life forever and did everything that she could to give her the option to to hand autonomy to her daughter and ultimately she ends up choosing to come back before we move on to like the ending and talking about like the the devastation of all of that uh, (laughs) um I just, like, I'm not quite done with the dad yet because I'm just trying to figure out, like, if there was something else that he could have done differently. Because it's, it seems like Jalila's suffering is genuine and nobody's going to question it. Yeah. Suleiman seems like he is a victim, but he's a victim who benefits from this situation yes, more than anybody else does. 100%. So I'm just wondering, like, why, like, why the second wife? Why did that happen? Like, why... Because men want to get their dick wet with something that's younger. Like, but is that, like, is that really all it is? I'm, I... Th- or like, is it, like, or with I there... think it's also, like, a sign of... What's the word? Um, like, prestige? Or, yes. Yeah. Because you can afford to have another wife. Right. You can afford to provide for her. You can afford to, you know, you're this old guy with a hot young wife. Like, it's... I think that's, like, also a thing. See, because I, I, I guess that's what I was wondering is... Like, whether, and that's why I was wondering about, like, whether or not there was, like, a transactional sort of aspect to it. Because, like, he seems like he is trying to claim victim status while getting something that's just for him. And when Jalila says to him, like, oh, great, another thing that you have to do. I get the feeling, like, when Suleiman told her originally, hey, I'm taking a second wife. Sorry, it's something that I have to do. Like, there's something that we didn't see behind the scenes that he's trying to justify. Like, oh, well, if I do this, then this brings, like, these two families closer together. Like, some kind of, like, political thing that he's trying to justify. That could be a thing. It could, it could yeah. be. But, like, ultimately, that's where I'm, I'm having a hard time sympathizing so, yeah. with the guy. Because I'm like, if this is just for you, then you have... You don't really have a leg to stand on. If you're taking something while ignoring the responsibilities that you have to the, to your the rest of your family, then no, like you don't like. Then Jalila is right to call you out on your bullshit. She's totally right, hundred percent, hands down. She's very right. But when you grow up knowing that you are the most important thing, you do things because you think it's what's best for the entire family. Like he probably thinks. Like, this is just me literally throwing out assumptions. He probably thinks that, like, bringing a second wife, she'll help 
you know, with the kids that he already has, she'll help Jalila with the housework. Like, he's doing Jalila a favor, maybe. Like, he's, like, sharing the burden of, like, the house with right. with the second wife. Um, he's also making their family look better. Like, they can afford to have a second wife. He can afford to be, to provide for this lady. And, like, also she's, like, a young lady. And, like, he's a man and who's older and, like, it just looks good. Right. So I guess like, I'm also I'm also looking at like the, the form that that took when we saw their houses and we saw that she had a nicer house that had like a sexy strobe light in the bedroom <laughs> and so tacky. she and him because he I don't know if it was just like a honeymoon thing that like he was spending all of his time over there mm-hmm. instead of like with his, his family his first family yeah. but like we see the original small house with like almost nothing in it and shit is always breaking and we see their broken ass refrigerator with like spoiled milk in it yeah and then we see the new house we see it's this big fridge with enough food in it to feed a family that is being kept entirely for one or two people but that's what's disgusting though it's like that is the case because he wants to impress this new lady it's like it's his shiny new toy like he wants to give her everything like he that's why I don't date Middle Eastern men. I'm just gonna say this. <laughs> <laughs> for real though, like it's problematic. They like just move on to the next best thing, and they provide like they'll give them the world. They'll they'll like promise you the world. I'm sure he did this with Jalila when he first got married to her. Promised her the entire world, gave it to her, and then took it away the second he found something better. Right. Like that's just how it is, and like it's shitty. It's not good. It's not nice. It's fucked up. Right. And that's where I guess for me, and I mean, I'm sitting here from like yeah. a cultural difference. I'm sitting here. I'm like, no, no, I'm willing to cast judgment on this guy. Yes. I'm not. Yes. No, please do. Please do. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I, I, feel I like... guess I just won't play devil's African and be like, I can't, this guy doesn't know better. Like he's yeah. a fucking idiot, but. Yeah. I, I guess I'm just saying that like, you don't get to be the primary victim of patriarchy if you're a man. You don't. Is what I'm saying. Not at all. And I totally agree with you. Okay. So. My whole, like, perspective on him not being such a bad guy. He's a terrible person, but also he could be worse. Like, when Jalila called him out on his bullshit and literally when she said the words, why don't you be a man for once? Or, like, can't you be a better man for once? I honestly thought he was going to slap the shit out of her. Right. I was I was bracing myself for that. I was like, yeah. well, and he didn't, which yeah. is, like, like, it's pathetic that that's my standard. I'm, <laughs> I'm like... <laughs> But, like, he didn't. Like, I just thought they were going to make him the worst kind of guy. But they kind of put him in that in-between level where, like, he's not so bad, but he's not good. Right. To make you feel conflicted about your feelings for him. I just, yeah. I just, I and, just, that's how I feel. And, I mean, that could be just, like, a really excellent choice on behalf of, you know, the director to, mm-hmm. to, to play it that way. I mean, like, when when Jalila is, like, grabbing uh, Layla's boyfriend and, like, pulling him through the sheets and whatever through the through the laundry, I was like... I do not know what the dad is going to do when he finds out. Yeah. And I mean, the boyfriend even makes a joke about how he's like, hey, he's going to cut off my head. And I was like, is it racist for me to think that's a possibility? Like, is dude joking? Or... You're not, no, you're not. Wrong. He's <laughs> like, I honestly thought it was going to happen too. But... And then we don't see him again. <laughs> like, <laughs> weird. Just show me that his head is still <laughs> It's in a box. Oh, what's in the box? It's um, your wedding present. But that's like a real thing that happens. And like, I think this guy was just in between. He was not so bad, not so good. He was just shitty enough to make you not like him, but also not so terrible that you felt, I guess, like, angry at him enough. 
So it's just But like, you could understand why Jalila would be yes, angry with him for sure. For sure. And like and like I think that's probably the majority of the situations out there, that's probably what they're like. They're like and in between. They're not shitty. They probably do grow to love their family, grow to love their wife, like they love their wife, their family, but they're still shitty enough to be shitty. <laughs> I guess, like, what was weird for me, too, is hearing, what was the, uh, she's not listed on IMDb, I'm pretty sure. The second wife, was it Afaf? Was that her name? Yes. Yep. Afaf, yeah. The line that I did not understand, so I'm, like, I'm coming to you and being, like, please help me understand this, is when Layla's talking to Afaf, and she, and Afaf. When they're at the fridge? Yeah, when they're at the fridge, and she congratulates Layla, and it's like, oh, I heard about your wedding coming up. That's really great. And Layla's like, fuck are you talking about? Like, I don't want anything to do with this wedding. And Afaf is like, well... I mean, like, look at you. Like, at least you don't have to be me. And she's saying that, like, standing in front of this, like, six-foot fridge with, like, all the food in the world and seemingly nothing to struggle with. So, like, what did you, what do you think she meant by that? Was it just, like, the shame of being, like, a second wife? Yes. Okay. So, from what I know and understand, you never want to be the second wife. (laughs) You never want to be the second wife. Either she was, like, too old to be married off to a one man who didn't have a wife already and she was just kind of like negotiable to this one dude who was already been married and just kind of like here i'm gonna ship my daughter off like to this guy he seems to have it together like it's fine but also i think people don't realize they don't actually have it as bad as they think they do and like to be fair her her perspective like that kind of sucks you're the second wife dude like but also you have the full fridge and you have the nice house and yeah. she know, also has the empty house though she has the empty house that is true she does have the empty house which is kind of sad but like and depending on how old she is like maybe she's gonna have empty house forever i don't know but yeah i think it's just the shame of having to be the second wife right and i guess what was i don't want to say strange because i want to say depressing what was depressing for me is that you've got afaf Mm-hmm. who is jealous of Layla, mm. who's miserable. And Afaf, like, if the goal is, like, you want to be the first the wife first of somebody, wife. then you look at Jalila, who's suffering from the moment she's on yeah, screen. That's true. And it's like, you don't want to be any of these people. <laughs> Just run far away. But you can't, because then you're yeah. leaving your goddamn family behind. I know. You have no option. And the thing is, like, I also think that she thought Layla was lucky because Layla's life is now quote-unquote set. Like, she's going to be protected and taken care of by this man who's going to provide for her and love her and pay for her. And this is great. This is, like, this is the end goal for every, like, little girl is to get married to somebody that can provide for you. And obviously Layla thought otherwise. So the end of this movie is, um, I don't really know a better way to say it other than, like, gutty as fuck. Yeah. Because Layla, what is it that that sets her off? That she, like, says fuck it and she just leaves. Is it the... Oh, it's when her dad gives her shit after she's, like, gone and tries to take care of her family and... Layla? Yeah, because she, like, she gets into it with her dad, right? Where she's just like, why don't you give my boyfriend a second chance while she's got her arms full of groceries and... Yes. What was the... Okay, I I had to rewind this part because I didn't understand it. She... Remember when Jalila gave her the keys of the car mm-hmm. she got in the car and then she drove to a building whose building was it okay so right all right i didn't get that part right so what happens is uh i'll just rewind a little bit further than that so 
Yeah, we didn't even talk about the banishment at all and no. what like horse shit that was. <laughs> horse shit. Um, Camel poop. <laughs> Thank you. To be for, on theme. For properly Arabing that expression. You know, this is what we talked about before that like in private you can have these conversations mm-hmm. and you can treat people as equals or something mm-hmm. close to it and you can act like everything is totally fine. But because Jalila has yelled at Suleiman and said, like, no, no, you cancel the arranged marriage that you've made for our daughter mm-hmm. because she deserves better. And Suleiman's like, bro, you can't do that. Like, I can't go back on this. If I go back on this, I have to peg that on someone. And that someone is going to be you. Yeah. And the only socially acceptable thing for me to do in that case is to banish you from our marital home and send you back to live with your parents like you're a 12-year-old. Uh, which is what happens. Yeah. And then Layla ends up responsible for the kids. her family. Yeah. You know, Afaf has not stepped up and nope. like moved into the home or anything. Yeah. So then, you know, Layla calls bullshit on that and she tries to like call her dad out on it. And she's like, yo, dad, like what the fuck is going on here? And because she's yelling in public at a man, yeah. he... It's not a good look. He feels yeah. like he has to shut her down and he does and... He lets her know how embarrassing she was for bringing a guy to their house mm-hmm. and, and all this stuff. And Layla hits this breaking point where she just packs up all the kids, drives to where her mom's been banished to, and I guess tries to like put the family back together. But then uh, Jalila just gets like super woke and throws the car keys to her daughter and says, you know how to drive. That means you can drive away from this. You can... Oh, I am giving you all the tools that you need to do better than what my life has been and to have autonomy and to go out and marry your school crush yeah. or even just, just be just anywhere other than where this is. Mm-hmm. And so you asked the question about like where she ended up and yeah, it was that she, she does leave and she goes and she, she's, you hear her on the phone with her boyfriend. I guess we do hear from him again because he's on the yes, phone. Yes, so he's not headless. He's not, yay. <laughs> So, you know, she's getting ready. We're about to have this, like, Nicholas Sparks kind of moment where she, like, runs into his arms and he's like, hey, I'm just on the other side of the tunnel. Just keep driving through the tunnel. And she stops in the middle of this tunnel, you know, this impasse that, like, is the separation between her old life and her new life. And she stops and has this breakdown. And the house that they go to is, I guess, this... The, The husband that she's... I don't think it's even necessarily him i think it's just like a party okay where the guy happens to be there she just goes to where her dad is okay um yeah so she ends up not being with this guy she ends up driving back to where her dad is lets him know that like i don't trust you i see who you are now i understand how this works and i'm still choosing to be here because this is where my family is um and then we cut forward to her wedding to this random jag off yep who we've been told she's better than and it yeah. ends with her staring into the eyes of her little sister yeah. being like yep yeah, i guess this is what's in store for you too yep and, and her very independent little sister right who's a badass who will end up in the same situation right because nothing ever changes nope history repeats itself and women's lives are terrible under that rule <laughs> so yeah I did not end up leaving this movie with any kind of like, hope. No. Except for I was just like, they shoot it North down. America, I guess, is where North I live. America, so yay. Slightly better. I want to be careful that I'm not like judging a culture, but I also want to judge like the shitty parts of the culture that's represented in this movie. Yes. 
And like that, I think that's the whole point of because movies. everybody ends up goddamn miserable. I know. Also, like when the sister kept fucking peeking through the window, does she watch them have sex? Because that because that was like I something I thought of, and I was like, whoa, 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 please go away, stop looking. Yeah, well, she did it in the first wedding too, yes! like, where she almost where presumably she watched her dad bone down that's, on that's his new the wife, thing, which is terrible and traumatizing. And but I mean, that's also a thing. Like bedding ceremonies are a thing, so I don't know if that's part of what's going on here. That it's just kind of like if you want to like. Get in um, on the peep show. Oh, God. Or if it's just, she's this, like, Arya Stark kind of little girl who just, like, bounces around and goes everywhere Which regardless she of where she's supposed to be. Because, like, remember when her mom gave her her hijab and then she, like, ditched it? She, like, put it... Immediately. She was, like, hung it on the clothesline. <laughs> I'm gonna go catch frogs or whatever the fuck she was doing. No, it was that she got permission to go to the thing that she wanted to go to. And her mom's concession was, like, fine, I will let you go, but please put on a yes. hijab in order to go. And, and she's, she's like, like, nope. <laughs> Are you kidding? Like, fuck this noise. Yep. So I uh, I don't want her to grow up. But she's it's... going to. And she's going to grow up in this culture. And she's going to get married off to yep. some dude. And ultimately. Be his little bitch. Yeah. And. Be sad. Yeah. So I guess ultimately what I'm trying to say is yes. fuck you for choosing this I'm movie. sorry. I did not know. I just literally saw the word sand and storm. And I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> these are the callings of my people. Like these are two words that describe me. I'm both brown and a mess. <laughs> and it's so true though. You laugh, but it's real. Okay, so I mean like do do you have any like I know that's Thoughts? I don't want to necessarily end on a bummer note, but I mean the movie does. Yeah, the movie does, and like honestly the movie leaves you nothing. And not in a bad way. I mean it just like leaves you with a void in your soul and you're just like, Oh my god, that poor family. Well, yeah, and it leaves you with this feeling that I think there's a lot of nobility to the choice that she ends up ultimately making because she doesn't make it for her dad anymore. Like, that's what's cool is that originally the reason that Layla says that she doesn't want to leave is because she doesn't want to disappoint her father. That's what she tells her, like, her hubby or her whatever. Hubby, yep. And, you know, she says, like, oh, I just I don't want to disappoint him. I don't want him to be mad because he's the pinnacle of everything in her eyes. And then because she's grown as a person, she has already disappointed him and she's seen what that looks like and she's like well i survived that yeah now i'm choosing the same thing that he would have chosen for me but i'm choosing it in order to presumably she never says it like she's pretty much silent from the time she makes the choice to the end of the movie um i guess no she's not sorry because she like talks to her husband and tells him that the the color that he picked is shit which essentially is silence right like she didn't say anything of value right her like it's obviously purposefully because like he doesn't give a fuck. Right. And she just wants to call him out on random shit. So, yeah. And so she has the choice that she has made. She's given the opportunity to escape and have this kind of freedom, but she chooses to be close to her family. And I feel like she's it's because she's protective of her family. She's protective of her mother. She now sees her mother yeah. as the woman that her mother is yep. instead of like this shrew of a mom who's been yep. holding her down her entire life. She sees the influence that she can possibly have on her little siblings, particularly yes. her little sister. And she just feels like she has more to offer to the people who matter to her to make small changes yep. in the life that's there. But when we think about like, okay, well, what characters have we seen make small changes? It's, Suleiman, it's Jalila. Like, the small changes don't really move the needle that far. They it's don't. just making the best of a terrible situation instead yes. of breaking away from it. and leave. But unfortunately, her leaving the situation means leaving the people that she cares about behind to do it without her. Yes, which I find is the strongest and biggest form of autonomy that she could have chosen. 
Like, yeah, she could have chosen to leave, but she still made a very, like, a selfless choice to be there for her family. And it was an act of, like, autonomy. Like, I'm choosing to stay here. And fuck you. It's not for my dad. It's not for him. Screw that guy. It's for my mom. Yeah. Obviously was, like, wanted the best for me at all times. Yeah. And I'm going to stay here for her. And I I respect Mm -hmm. it. I do. I really do. But you also have to wonder, like... Would it have made more of an impact if she had left and created an example of like, no, you've like, we've reached a point now that we have been pushed too far and something is going to change. Or would that have just been, she's the one who went crazy and that's why you need to not be like Layla it and become been an example. Odds are it would have been the latter. She would have been forgotten. She would have been shunned. She would right. have been painting the terrible light. And then the her siblings would have grown up with the same fate right and that's what that's what frustrates me is yeah. that it's this it's this it's an endless cycle nearly hopeless situation where it's either you try to do better and you end up being written out of history yep. or you choose to participate in this culture that has held you down yep, and oppressed you, you down yep neither of those is a good option <laughs> no they're both terrible options but i guess the one is better than the other like i guess okay the one option, her leaving, would have been good for her alone. It would have benefited her life selfishly, which is fine. Like, it's a perfectly fine decision to make if that's what you want to do. But her staying and her helping her siblings, helping her mom, being there for the family, not for the dad at all, being there for everyone else, is a more, I guess, like a selfless act. It's like a sacrifice. And it's something that you are kind of forced to do because of all the guilt and the pressure and the fear of, like, the unknown. Like, it's really hard to make that, like, selfish decision to be like, fuck it, I'm going to go. I'm going to go and I'm never going to see my family again. (sighs) I love my mom. I'm going to give her a call. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so the way that I normally wrap things up is just by asking uh, pretty much two two pretty basic questions so would you give this movie a thumbs up or a thumbs down in your own netflix profile in my heart i'd give it a thumbs down because it's very depressing and like <laughs> fuck this movie but also i would give it a thumbs up because it was actually a legit good like a very good movie it was i don't know it shook my soul a little bit and like yeah. it made me realize how lucky i am to have the parents i do to be raised in the culture that i was raised in and to have moved to canada <laughs> like all is great. Is there anything, anybody, any character or actor or anything that you would kind of like highlight as an MVP, like something that really stood out to you more than anything else? Yes. So I was thinking, I'm, I'm, I'm in between Layla and Jalila. Jalila because my mom has shown me like a mother's love through and through. And I saw that in Jalila just in a different way. It wasn't as obvious. And like it came out towards the end. And when like the circumstances were really dire and, like, it was, like, fight or flight kind of thing. Um, And so, like, my heart kind of hurts for her. But Layla, because I was that, like, tomboy, I was that, like, black sheep, I wanted my independence, my autonomy, like, I I resonate with her, like, or she resonates with me, actually, like, like, her story. And, like, if I were in that situation, that would probably be me. I would be her. And, like, I would want to, like marry this white dude, you know, I would want to marry this dude and, like, run away from home. And, like, like her mom sacrificed a lot for the family. She also now sacrificed a lot for the family. She's literally following the footsteps of her mom, just a slightly different story. And, like, it's it's kind of nice to see 
it's kind of nice to see them support each other in that way. Right. I don't know. I have a very strong, massive soft spot for mothers. Yeah. And like the mother-daughter relationship and theirs is very special. For sure. And I guess, I mean, this is what I think I finally put together what I was trying to say before. It's just like, that's what's so tragic about this for me is that the strongest bond that the characters in this movie can form with another woman is like solidarity and grit in Mm -hmm. accepting their oppression rather than it's a really good way of putting it choosing to break out of it the only way to not be oppressed is to be entirely autonomous and if you do that there are people who get left behind from that yep and that is worse than staying and then you stay and you you support each other and you're there god that's sad and then you're you're perpetuating it Uh, so for me, I, I definitely gave this a thumbs up. I thought it was like incredibly well-crafted. Yeah. It made me feel things. It, um, it really, it was kind of like a paint by numbers of patriarchy for me. Like I've sort of struggled <laughs> with seeing it, but for this, it was just kind of like, okay. Like I, I see like the complexity of this and why somebody would like choose to accept oppression for some really noble reasons. Um, so it was, it was really fascinating for me and I'm really glad that you chose this and that I've seen it. Cause it's like, honestly, I would have never picked this movie. No. But I'm glad you understand that it's so, it's not black and white. It never is. And right. like, there are so many deeper layers to reasons why people do things, reasons why people stay, reasons why, you know, even when you have literally the keys handed to you, you still don't leave. Right. And it's just like, it's important to family. Literally, Mm -hmm. the keys were in your hands and you didn't go. Right. But also, it's like, as you said, it's a noble choice. And like, I don't Um, know, it was really powerful. Yeah. And then for my MVP, Jalila and the woman who played her, which I believe is uh, Ruba Blal. I thought that it was just, it was incredible. And I, I sort of spoke earlier about how her performance started off like so... I mean, you could tell there was stuff going on under the surface, but I mean, like, it was so stone-faced. Mm-hmm. And that was really just her, like, trying to hold it together and just, like, working as hard as she could to just maintain appearances yep. in the face of who nobody should ever have to build the bed that their <laughs> husband is going to fuck in. Like, that's <laughs> insane. And the poor thing, her dress tears, and she's like, fuck this. Right. Yeah, that was a bad time. Just so I just thought like the way that the way that she showed all of that and showed that like suffering and that tenacity and that nobility and that struggle was just it was it was incredible the way that she showed all of that on the screen. Um, She was great. Yeah. So Moira, thank you so much for doing this. You're welcome. Thanks for for having me. I've had a lot of fun with this and I really appreciate you choosing something that I know that your goal coming in was like, I want to choose something that is probably going to be something that Dylan has not done before mm-hmm. on this show, maybe expand horizons. I realize it also went outside of your <laughs> expertise a little Very bit. Very much outside my box. But I'm always excited when somebody introduces me to something that I would not have seen otherwise. So I'm so grateful for that and for this conversation and well, for the chance you. to do this. Me too. It was um, really great. I really appreciate having been on this. <laughs> Were you about to thank me for being yes. on your show? <laughs> <laughs> thank you for being on the Moira Chris Al show. Now that the patriarchy is over, <laughs> you are taking my podcast. <laughs> Stiletto in your head. <sighs> and that brings us to the end of yet another 
super thrilling, exciting episode of the Netflix podcast. Thank you again so very much to Moira Gazal for being our guest on this episode. If you'd like to check out more of what we do here at Netflix, you can check us out all over the internet. For instance, on netflix.ca, which is where we post all of our show notes. We are also on Instagram, Facebook, and SoundCloud as Netflix Podcast. And we're on Twitter at NetflixPod. This episode was produced and edited by yours truly, along with some amazing additional audio support by Emily Schmemily. You can follow her on Twitter at VeryCoolEmily. And you can hit her up for your own podcast editing needs at emilypodcasts at gmail.com. And the theme music was provided by Zach Moore. If you like what you heard on this episode, why not subscribe to the Netflix podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, or whichever podcast platform you prefer. And if you really like it, why don't you just uh, tell a friend? Just casually tap them on the shoulder and be like, hey, got this podcast that you might like. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of the Netflix podcast. And be sure to join me here next time for a whole new conversation about a whole new movie from the Netflix catalog. Because even if you think you've seen it all, you ain't streamed nothing yet. <laughs>